0: To another episode of the Velocity Cast. This week, I want to dive into a deeply personal story and kind of tell you about something that has plagued me for much of my adult life now. Definitely something that didn't used to be uh, something that I dealt with, but that has been recognizable in more frequency or increased frequency now that I'm older. And it's a story about how I essentially became addicted to success and how I made many decisions through that lens. But the flip side of this is that my actual self-confidence and my belief in my own ability really got to an all-time low despite the fact that I was pushing for uh, accolades, success, recognition, and all of that. And this is something that I've seen affect others as well and just something that I've reflected on more, uh, now that I'm a little bit older and, you know, debatably wiser, but, but certainly something that I have spent time thinking about and spent time reflecting on. And so when I was a kid, I was, you know, kind of like a class clown. I was put into, um, a, a class early on in elementary school for students gifted in math. So I was always, you know, pretty good with numbers, and I was reading above my age level when I was little. And it was really more just because I enjoyed reading. And I used to go to Barnes and Noble a lot with my mom, and and she definitely fostered uh, a love of reading and education early, and and that was definitely a positive influence on my life from a young age. But School and, you know, accomplishment and grades and all of that stuff never really was on my radar. You know, I was in this special math class and kind of doing this stuff, but it didn't really outwardly affect the way that I did anything or it didn't really affect my personality. Uh, And I certainly caused a lot of problems for my teachers when I was younger because I would get my work done early and then proceed to terrorize everybody else. But The first time that I really uh, enjoyed and basked in success of any degree was when I was essentially prepping for an entrance exam to private high school. So my mom, like I said, a firm believer in education and made a ton of sacrifices to provide me with a phenomenal education, and that's something that I will always be grateful for. Uh, But she sent me to private junior high. And it wasn't like a shoe win to get into the private high school in my area. And so what you had to do for anybody who wanted to attend was there was a a placement test or an entrance exam. And it was, I mean, kind of like the SATs, but I guess dumbed down a little bit for a younger age level. Uh, But there were prep classes and we needed to study and there was a lot that went into getting ready for this particular exam. And so my mom signed me up for a prep class. She, you know, we got the book. There was all these things. There was a lot of studying that I probably should have done. And at the time, I didn't really understand the gravity of it and I kind of blew it off. Now, my mom would get irritated and always check in and and ask if I had done my work or if I had, you know, studied or done the homework or done the section or whatever. And I was kind of, I don't know, skating along in the prep class because I felt like I had a pretty good grasp on a lot of this stuff, but I didn't definitely didn't spend the time preparing that I should have. Now I go, I take the exam, I finish early, I have my mom come pick me up early and, you know she kind of is nervous but puts it on the back burner until we hear results. So I wrote about the story in my newsletter but you know flash forward to the day that the letter arrives with the exam results. And and these this letter was directly from the high school so it was basically like hey you either got in or you didn't. And my mom goes down to the driveway. I know that there's something important in the mailbox because when she checks the mail she kind of lingers down there. And I look out the window knowing that maybe I should have spent more time prepping for this exam. And next thing you know, I see her crying. And at that moment, I thought that I was screwed. I thought this was it. I failed the exam. I didn't get into the school. My mom's going to be, you know, destroyed. She's going to be mad at me for not studying enough, whatever. And then she called out my name. And I went outside to meet her nervous for you know what the this conversation would entail and she told me she was proud of me and she gave me a big hug and a big kiss and she said that I had received the highest score of anyone taking the placement exam and that had gotten me a partial scholarship to the high school I consider myself to be somebody who comes from humble beginnings. We didn't necessarily have a ton of money growing up, but, you know, I didn't have any innate gifts that I knew of when I was little. You know, I mean, I, I tell people this as a joke a lot, but in kindergarten, we got superlative awards like, you know, oftentimes happens in schools and my award wasn't anything cool. It was most unique, which is basically a way of saying, hey, your kid's a weirdo uh, and we didn't really know what to give them for an award. So here you go. So growing up, I didn't have any innate ability or I didn't think I was gifted in any way. I guess, you know, to to look back at like the math classes and stuff, you know, I could do math well and I could read and all this stuff, but it wasn't like I was a a prodigy. It wasn't like I had ever shown any prowess of doing a, a sport really well. I was kind of an unathletic kid for the most part. And so this was the first real moment where I felt like something that I had done had made my my mother and made people in my life proud of me to a a high degree. And this was really the first time that I got a taste of achievement on that scale uh, of something that was big enough and important enough that, you know, everybody in my life was congratulating me. And this really shifted my approach to school entirely you know, my grades weren't bad in junior high, but I wouldn't say that I was putting the most effort into my classes. I was still, you know, concentrating on hanging out with friends, on having fun, on being a kid, on doing all this stuff. And that letter in the mailbox that day flipped a switch for me that caused me to really take school seriously through all of high school and set my sights on attending you know the best university possible i wanted to go to the harvards of the world the mits like i wanted to to be on on that level with my college and it all started from that moment in the driveway with that letter so it caused me to double down on school to do all these things and i kind of lost sight in many ways of of little by little and i didn't notice this until i reflected later on as an adult But little by little, I lost pieces of myself along the way. I lost who I was as a person. My personality changed a little bit in small ways, nothing big. But even my high school me to now, and part of this is maturity, obviously, but I was just much more lighthearted. And I joked around a lot more. And I was a lot more fun to be around. And I, I had more conversations with people. I was more talkative. And the older I got, I became more and more focused on the accolades, on the achievement, on winning. And as I did that, the deeper, truer side of me started to fade away little by little. And I realized that this drove me through all of college where same thing. I I graduated near the top of my class. I, I at one point was a dual major in chemistry and math. I ended up turning the second major in math to a minor uh, just because I didn't really like abstract math at all. And it was a requirement for double majoring. And so I wanted to go to grad school for engineering and I was working in a chem lab and I specifically chose a lab that didn't have a lot of undergrads because it meant more responsibility for me. And it you know, this, this constant chase dictated many of the decisions that I would make through college. And then, you know, I was uh, faced with this crossroads of what to do after school. And I ended up uh, joining the coaching staff at what was Reebok CrossFit Bay, Back Bay at the time and is now Invictus Boston and helped build that gym. And, I kind of deluded myself into thinking that this was me pursuing my passions and um, maybe easing off the achievement, you know, pedal a little bit. But the reality was I had discovered competitive CrossFit while I was at college, realized that I had a knack for it, realized that it was something where you didn't have to be innately athletic and that if you just worked really hard, you could do better than a lot of people. And I found training partners that I worked out with a lot while I was at BC and started coaching while I was at BC. And for me, it was the lowest friction way to give myself a true, genuine chance at making the CrossFit Games. And that became a goal that I set out for myself starting in 2009 when I didn't even really know. What the CrossFit games were. I had seen them, uh, you know, online that year and had watched some of the, the competitors, you know, do their thing. And I thought to myself that this is something that I want to do. And so from 2009 on, I basically pursued that, pursued competitive CrossFit, pursued the CrossFit games at the expense of everything else. And this was really just an extension of that desire to win, to have external validation, to have external accolades, to have people tell me they were proud of me. And that fueled me all the way to ultimately bringing a team from our gym to the CrossFit Games in 2016. The issue is, if you are the type of person who becomes addicted to success and addicted to external praise, when you actually achieve the thing that you're working towards achieving, it's essentially meaningless. And what I realized was I was in California competing at the CrossFit Games in what should have been a celebration of my efforts to that point. And I was absolutely miserable and I hated every minute of it. And the only point of it that I actually enjoyed was the last day of competition because it was almost over. And in hindsight, looking back, I'm happy for the experience. I enjoy the memory of going. I, you know, I enjoyed my teammates and and it, you know, the memory of it is positive. But while I was there, I was absolutely miserable and I hated every moment of it. And then I went on to get drafted to a professional CrossFit league and it was fun for a little bit. And then I started to hate every moment of it. And I realized that this was really the end result of two things working together. One, this constant focus on achievement, this constant focus on external praise caused me to lose sight of the process and lose enjoyment for the process, lose enjoyment for the journey, which is a big part of what life's about is, is just embracing the journey and the day-to-day. And so I completely lost all appreciation for that. I hated training. I hated working out. I hated doing all the things that went into being competitive. And it made me Resent that process. But a big part of this was, and this was likely the underlying reason for me trying to achieve things the whole time, is I realized that I had crippling imposter syndrome. And when I was at the CrossFit Games, I felt like I didn't belong. I felt like it was a fluke that I was there. I felt like my team carried me to the CrossFit Games and that I didn't deserve to be there. And then that extended to the professional league where I was surrounded on a daily basis by some of the best athletes in the sport, people who were on paper my peers, right? I had been drafted to this team to compete with them. And yet I still felt like I never belonged. I felt like I wasn't worthy of being there. I felt like, you know, everybody was secretly laughing at my lack of ability, you know, behind my back. And this lack of belief in myself ultimately affected my performance where i started to perform in a way that matched my negative inner voice and that negativity spread and started to affect every area of my life and i really hit a low point where this thing that i had been working towards and that i had centered my identity around being this competitor i started to lose that i started to be less competitive and not only was i outwardly failing when it comes to, you know, in an objective sense, I, I, I went from starting in the professional league to not starting. I rode the bench for one season. I literally didn't, didn't play in a single match. My second season, I followed that up with the worst CrossFit open performance of my life after just coming off a of CrossFit games a year and ultimately got removed from the team because I was very clearly underperforming. And all of this followed this period where I had, you know, seemingly checked all the boxes that I had set out to check. I had lost sight of why I was doing it. And I had no faith or belief in my own ability. And it took a long time and a lot of reflection and, you know, meditation and journaling and thinking and sitting and writing to understand where a lot of this came from, to understand its roots and, you know, I, I don't want to dive too deep into the psychology of any of this. I, I don't necessarily know the, the original cause, but I do know that looking back, that moment in the driveway where we got that letter and where I, you know, performed well on the exam kind of set off this chain reaction of wanting to constantly achieve and constantly be praised for those achievements. And I think if you're seeking that external validation, if you're focused on winning at all costs, if you're focused on the end result, whenever you finally do get there, and I hope you get there sooner rather than later, because when you finally get there, you realize that it's all meaningless and none of it matters anyways, and the thing that you thought you wanted more than anything else, you, you don't even really want that much when you get there. And it's something that I do believe you have to experience for yourself in some capacity for it to make sense and for you to understand what that's like, because it is a trip when you spend all this time, energy, and effort working towards something, thinking that when you finally get that thing, you'll be fulfilled, that you know life will have meaning, that you'll be happy. And at the end of the day, you get there and you realize that none of it really matters anyways. And so you know, while this can be kind of a negative and depressing Viewpoint. I actually, this is reason for me to be optimistic and for me to to appreciate the journey of life. And I've tried to become less attached to results and focus more on just the day to day, on being the best person I can be, on having good friendships, good relationships. Uh, I still think achievement is important, and I think as human beings, we we should be driven to achieve something, and we should work on meaningful things. But the difference is working on things that are meaningful to you should be independent of the external accolades or praise or awards for doing those things. And what I've found is I've tried to just do more things for the sake of doing them because I enjoy them. I've picked up more hobbies. I've I've tried my best to uh, do activities I enjoy without trying to be the best at those things, which is something that I struggled with in the past. And little by little, this has allowed me to to take more meaning from my day-to-day life and just enjoy the process a lot more. And, you know, if you are somebody who has dealt with imposter syndrome, if you are somebody who has dealt with that hamster wheel of life and that pursuit of of things at all costs, I hope that maybe this can help you kind of put some of those things to rest and to take a, a deep internal assessment of what's actually important to you and what matters to you. And I think if you can do that and you can try to do more of what you love and more of the things that make you happy and put less pressure on yourself to succeed or be the best or get some awards or recognition, uh, then I think that can allow you to enjoy life just a little bit more and enjoy the, you know, what actually matters in life, the people, the places, the memories. Uh, And I know that it's started to work for me little by little. And so, uh, you know, if I can leave you with one thing this week, it's if, if you're that type of person. Try to focus on why you're doing the things that you're doing. Understand that if you've achieved something or accomplished something or you've been given a promotion or a new job or a career or whatever, you've been given it for a reason and it's because you deserve to be there. And so, you know, try not to be like me and and think that even though you quote unquote made it, that you're still not worthy because what you'll just end up doing is, is uh, paralyzing your own performance and kind of shooting yourself in the foot and take advantage of those opportunities as they come but also focus on enjoying the climb enjoying the journey and trying to stop and smell the roses along the way of this wonderful beautiful life so until next time i hope you all have a wonderful weekend